you open your Bible with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 47. We're at Psalms chapter 47. And last week as we were going through the book of Psalms, we finished the prior chapter, Psalms 46, where we have a verse that a lot of us have heard in the past before, a verse a lot of us have held on to for comfort in time of need. And I'm referring to Psalms chapter 46, verse 10. It says this, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Isn't this awesome to be able to realize that? That God is going to be exalted among the nations. That we can trust God. And we've titled today's message, Waiting on the Promises of God. I want you to write that down if you like taking notes. Waiting on the Promises of God. You see, the nation of Israel during this time in which this psalm was written were fighting against the invasion of the Assyrian army. And they were being attacked. They were being threatened during this time. But God was delivering a people. He was delivering a nation from their enemies. He was delivering Jerusalem here. And here it reminds us very timely this psalm of when we go through crisis. I want you to remember that because all of us here to some degree are going through some type of crisis in this very moment. When things were changing, just like the things that are changing in right now, and we feel threatened and threats all around us now. What is it that we are called and commanded to do? To focus our attention on God. Because God is our safety. Because God is our security. Because God is our strength. Because God is our help. And this verse here, Psalms 46, verse 10, you know what it does to us? It, it gives us comfort now and confidence in the Lord that He is in control. And I really believe that somebody here came today needing to hear that God is in control. You know what happens when things don't go the way we want them to go? We get very anxious. And we get now worried and we start to panic. And in our own human strength, we want to fix things. And here the Lord comes with an encouragement to the nation of Israel during a moment in which they're being attacked now to bring them comfort now. And there's a season here for everything. Notice there, there is a season for everything. And in this very chapter, chapter 46, we, we learn that there is a season. Notice this, church, please, to be still. There is a season to be still. And oftentimes in our life, especially in the busyness of the times that we live in and everything that's happening in the world, we don't want to be still. We don't want to stop. We don't want to relax. We don't want to give time to the Lord. Well, I'm going to tell you here what be still means. Because this is something that we're going to take with us tonight. Be still means stop from striving. Stop striving. In fact, what it says here, be still, it means stop panicking and start trusting in God. Stop panicking and start trusting in God. In fact, also the word be still, what it means is to take your hands off. You see, we like to be very much so hands-on people. And be still, what it means is take your hands off 
and release that over to God. Do you know that oftentimes when we're wrestling with things with the Lord, what the Lord wants to do is for you to let go so that he can do a work in his hands with that which you are wrestling with? And he says, take your hands off, release that up to the Lord, let go. <laughs> How many times do we need to hear that, let go? Let go of that worry. Stop fighting and wrestling in this season and trust in the Lord of what he wants to do. In fact, what he's saying here is come to the end of yourself. Can you come to the end of yourself tonight? Can you come to the end of yourself where you can be still? You know what the end of yourself is? It has been said before, the end of yourself is the beginning of God. A lot of times we're not able to experience the beginning of God because we haven't come to the end of ourselves so that we can be still. Be still means I'm going to surrender. Be still means I'm going to submit. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to rebel. I'm going to submit against the will of God and, against, and upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Which leadership are you submitting under today? Is it your own leadership? Is it what you think is right and that's what you want to do? Or are you submitting under the leadership of the Holy Spirit where you're saying, I'm being still, I'm giving it over to God, I'm letting go. And now, therefore, listen to this, you can hear his voice. You know, it's often very sad that we come to church, but we never come to God. We come to church, but we're never open to hear the voice of God. And what be still means is that you release that over to God so that you can hear his voice. Here in this very next chapter, chapter 47, we're going to learn that there is a time to act, yes. There is a time to now work, yes. But there's also a time to wait, and there's a time to be still. You don't have to fight to make things happen in your own strength, under your own timing. You can trust God because oftentimes he allows you to go into those very tight seasons in life so that your faith grows and also your trust in him. And today, some of us, you know what we need to do? We need to stop fighting God. Stop fighting his timing. Stop fighting his will. And start to learn to wait on the Lord. Let me tell you this, and I, and I really pray that you're encouraged by this, because there's no time that is ever wasted when you're waiting in the will of God. There is no time that's ever wasted when you're waiting in the will of God. You know what you learn to do? You learn to be sensitive to the voice of God. You're discerning the voice of God. And then you can obey the voice of God. And you hear, I'm in control. I will provide. I will provide. You see, the nation of Israel knew how to shout. They knew how to be quiet. And they were learning during this season how to wait. Have you learned what it means to wait so that you don't interfere with God's plan for your life? When we start to now move things in our own strength, in own human effort, you know what you're doing? You're interfering with God's plan. We just heard what God's plan is for us. Ephesians 2.10, that you are a workmanship, that he's preparing you for good works because he has a plan for you. But oftentimes, our plan is more important than God's plan. And what he's saying here, the nation of Israel is learning is to be still and to not interfere with God's plan. You see, if you want to see God's hand in your life, there are three things that we're going to learn today. If you want to see God's hand in your life, three things. Number one, to be still. Would you write that down? Be still. Why do you have to be still? Because his timing 
is perfect. And when you are still, you're going to learn here in the next chapter, when you are still, after everything is over, notice this, he is going to be exalted and you will be blessed. When you're still, he will be exalted and you will be blessed. Be still. In fact, there are two other times in the Old Testament where we get that word still. <laughs> stop. Let go. Release. Stop fighting with God. Submit to the Lord. We see it here in Psalms, be still. But then in Exodus, we see stand still. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We see a be still. We see a stand still. And then in Ruth, we see a sit still. <laughs> and God is really telling us to learn to wait on the Lord. Be still in Psalms 46. Exodus 14, it says, stand still. Exodus 14, verse 13, notice this. And Moses said to the people when they were being chased by the Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and they were going to cross the Red Sea, notice what Moses said. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Oftentimes we're afraid, and you know what you want to do? You want to fix things immediately. You're afraid. Your fear is causing you to do things that God didn't want you to do. Your impatience is taking you to places that God doesn't want you to be in. Your emotions are getting committed in things that God did not want you to be committed in. <laughs> Instead of waiting on God. Now notice what he says here. Do not be afraid. You see the enemy coming. Do not be afraid. Stand still. This is amazing here. Moses tells the people, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. You see, I can be still, number one, because his timing is perfect. I can stand still because he will defend me. Stop trying to defend yourself. He will defend you. I can stand still because he will defend me. Not only is he going to defend you, if you let him defend you, guess what he also will do? He will also then after that lead you. And the number one, the number two things, I'll say this, that the church is lacking today, notice this, please, notice this, the, the two things that the church is lacking today is not only discernment, but also direction. You know what we need discernment for? Understanding for where God wants us to go. And directions to be able to follow that leading of the Lord. You see, when you stand still and you see the salvation of the Lord, guess what you're doing? You are waiting for the presence of God to lead you. Be still. Stand still. And I love it here in Ruth chapter 3 verse 8. Where you see that Noemi tells Ruth. Notice what she says here. What does he say? Sit still. Isn't this amazing here? Sit Still, he says, then she said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how this matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. You see, some of us here are waiting for confirmation from God. We're waiting for clarity from the Lord, just like Ruth was. But here her mother-in-law said, sit still, my daughter. Don't move. Don't speak. Don't try to now work things out. Don't try to play God. <laughs> But wait, because your kinsman, redeemer, is working while you're waiting. 
Your Redeemer is working while you're waiting, even when you don't see it. Therefore, guess what we can do? We can be still, we can stand still, and we can see and sit still to see the salvation of the Lord. We need stillness in our life. Because oftentimes we're so impressed with noise, with hype, with hype, with what's impressive, what's attractive today, instead of waiting on the voice of the Lord. But do you see here the blessing of waiting? What is the blessing of waiting on God? The blessing of waiting on God is victory. The blessing of waiting on God is victory. And that's what we're going to see in Psalms 47 here. It's a psalm of celebration, a psalm of victory because the Lord is fighting our battles. It's a messianic psalm right here that, that puts a lot of emphasis not only on the king but also on his coming kingdom now. And here really the theme of Psalms 47 is that God is still king over all. That God is in control. That God is exalted over all the nations, over all the earth. And eventually everyone will recognize his lordship. That's what we need to remember today. We're always trusting in one man or a, a house or a, a party to be able to be here to save us. No, that is not the answer. The answer is Jesus. We must look to Jesus. And here in Psalms 46, when the nation of Israel looked to Jesus, they were able to celebrate in victory. The question today is, will you be able to celebrate in victory because you waited and looked to Jesus? Are you looking to Jesus or are you looking everywhere else right now? Are you devoted to the Lord or are you distracted with things that God didn't even put in your life? Because busy doesn't mean good all the time. I love in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those of heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory and the Father. Therefore, we can make three affirmations today that our God is an awesome God. How many of you guys believe that tonight? That our God is an awesome God, that our God is a victorious king. And their God is the King of Kings. We fight our battles from the position of victory, church. If you are in Christ, if you are fellowshipping in the Lord, you are fighting from the position of victory. And oftentimes we say, well, I feel the Lord is distant. Let me tell you something. He never moved. Maybe you moved. Are you drifting away from the Lord? Are you drifting when God's calling you to be still? Are you connected to God? Now notice Psalms 47. It says this. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. This is a celebration now. We saw the Lord deliver us from the Assyrian army that came to invade now our place in our lives. The enemy is coming to invade, to try to come and corrupt and destroy the lives of the Christian people and of the people all around us right now. But we ought to turn to the Lord and to trust in him. And then we will see the victory. It says here, look at the sound of victory. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. It's a joyful praise now. It's, a, it's a, now a song of victory, a song of celebration now. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. This is amazing. You see, a lot of people like to shout, but they don't like to first be still. And today, I, I really see even... In the culture that we're living, in the social media culture that we're living, everybody wants to have an opinion. Everybody wants to shout. Everybody wants to be aggressive. But have you learned to be still before the Lord first? 
Have you heard his voice? Because you want your own voice to be heard, but you haven't even heard the voice of God. His voice is more important than any other voice that we're hearing right now. Now notice what happened here. It says, clap your hands because you know God, you're still, and to know God is the one that is an awesome God in everything that he says and everything that he is and everything that he does now. Not only does he say, clap your hands, but he says, all people shout to God with a voice now. Notice this, a joyful praise of victory. Shout to God with a joyful praise of victory. He goes on here, and it says, for the Lord most high now. The Lord most high, that's the title of the Lord. The Lord above all here, or the Lord powerful God, is awesome. This is a word now, awesome, that is entitled for fear or for reverence. He is the king that deserves all the authority over all in every place. Notice how it says here now, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is great king over all the earth. Not only over all people, but also over all the earth. Do you see that God has authority over all people? Everywhere and every place, everyone. The psalmist knows this because he's been waiting on the Lord and he knows the power of God. He has not forgotten on the power of God. He knows God is in control everywhere of every people at all times. And he's responding now that God is in control, that God is victorious now, and he's walking in spiritual victory because he's been still. He saw the Lord defend. Are you walking in spiritual victory today? Because you didn't try to defend yourself and you let the Lord defend you? This is so awesome when you let the Lord step in and defend you because you've been put your trust in him. You know what he does now? The, the Bible says that we are, when we are in him in 2 Corinthians, that, that in Christ he leads us from triumph into triumph, from one victory to the other. Notice what happens here now. It, it, it reminds me of Joshua in the Old Testament. When Joshua was there faced with the commander of the Lord of Heaven's armies and he had to submit under the Lord, the Lord of Heaven's armies. And what did Joshua say? As for me and what? My house. We're going to serve the Lord. Who are you serving today? What about your house? What is your house serving today? We're focused on all the wrong houses today. But are you focused on your own house? Are you focused on your, because that's where the change begins. When you lead your house to trust in the Lord. Now notice as we keep reading verse 4, it says, He will. His focus is on the Lord. Choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. This is amazing. He will choose. He's going to choose my inheritance. He's going to choose my calling. He's going to choose my place. He's going to choose my blessing for me now, the excellence of Jacob, who he loves. You know why he chooses for me? Because he loves me. <laughs> But oftentimes, the problem is that we want to choose a place of blessing. Oftentimes, the, play, the, the problem is that we want to choose our own inheritance. It is not where God wants us. But here what he's saying, the Lord has chosen our inheritance. He has chosen our blessing because he loves us. And because he loves me, I can trust him with what he chose for me. Are you trusting with what God chose for you? You know, it's a very wise thing to do is to pray and to ask God, Lord, you choose my inheritance. You choose the place of blessing for me. 
I want to trust you for where I want to be. Instead of waiting and wanting to be only where, where we feel that we're called. You know, oftentimes, we want to choose our own calling. And the Lord said, I haven't called you to that. We want to choose our own cross too. Lord, this cross is too heavy. Give me a different cross. Give me a smaller cross, Lord. <laughs> but when you're submitted to God, you know what you say? Lord, your will, not my will be done. I am content with what you have for me. And if you don't have that for me, then I don't want it, Lord. Because you want to be in the will of God. Are you content with what God has for you and where he has you today? Well, what he's choosing for you or what you see he is placing in your life now? Now notice verse 5 as we continue reading and it says, God has gone up. This is amazing. He's ascended with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. God has gone up. He's ascended. First he descended in humility. Then he ascended in honor. And in verse 6 he tells us five times that we ought to respond now. To our victorious king by singing praises to God. Notice what it says here now. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. This is amazing now. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises. Notice how? With understanding. You love that word with understanding? We ought to not just sing praises with shout. Not to just sing praises with emotion. We have to sing praises with understanding because you know God. Because you know who he is, what he's done for you, who he is to you now. And you're worshiping the Lord now because you have a relationship with him. Notice this, with understanding now. You're giving reasons for your praise now. Notice verse 8, as we continue reading, it says, God reigns over all the nations. God is in control. God has authority over what? Over all the nations. God reigns over all the nations. And not only that, but he sits on his holy throne. Where is God reigning from? He's reigning from heaven, but also from his holy throne. His throne is not empty. He is sitting. He is filling that throne. He is ruling from that throne. And notice what kind of throne it is. It's a holy throne. Because it's in the presence of God. The holy throne. You know one of the things that we ought to appreciate about the throne of God? Number one, the throne of God is not empty. <laughs> Jesus is at the throne of God. And you know what he's doing at the throne of God? He's making intercession for you and for me. He's there defending and, and interceding and offering up prayers for you and for me, saying that he has now paid now the price for our sins and our ultimate now freedom from the bondage of eternal hell. That's what Jesus does at the holy throne. But notice this, the throne is a holy throne, but the throne also is... A throne of grace. How many guys can praise God for that, for the throne of grace? Amen. It's a throne of grace. And the reason why it's a throne of grace is because you can go to the throne, you can go to the presence of God where that king is, Jesus, our king, and receive grace and mercy for help in time of need. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come. Let us therefore come. Some of us need to go there. Some of us need to come. And how does it say? Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, there are a couple things that we need to go to the throne of grace for. 
Number one, to find mercy. What is mercy forgiveness for our lives? We need to go to the throne to find mercy. And we need to go to the throne to find grace. When do we need to go? It tells us what we're going there for, but also tells us when we should go there to help us in time of need. Oftentimes we like to go to, oftentimes family, we like to go to friends. We like to go to the internet. We like to go to the media. But we fail to go to the throne. See, the throne is the safest place for the church to be at because that's where your needs are met. That's where your needs are met. That's where you can find everything you've been looking for. And you know what it says? Come boldly, come with confidence, come with assurance. Because you can find grace and mercy in time of need. Notice what it goes on. And in verse here, as we continue, verse 9, it says, The princes of the people have gathered together. Everyone has gathered together. Notice what they see. The people of the God of Abraham. Everyone has seen all the inheritance, the sons and the daughters that are in the faith, trusting in God, have come. You and me have come. For the shield of the earth belong to God. The powers of the earth belong to God. The power of the earth belongs to God. Notice, and this is what he says, he is greatly exalted. Do you want him to be exalted in your life? You know what we need to do if we want him to be exalted in our lives? We need to come. We need to come to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace in time of need for help. We need to come and say, Lord, I need you. You are the king of glory. And I want you to be exalted over my life. I want you to receive the glory. I want you to be honored and exalted in my life. Is he honored and exalted in your life? Is he the king of glory? Is he the king of your heart right now? Or is there something else that you're in love with? Something else you're loyal to? Someone else that's coming to pull you away from the king. That you used to be at the throne of grace, but something else is pulling you away from the king. Is dividing your heart, your loyalty, your faithfulness to him. Well, tonight God is saying, I want you to come back to the throne of grace. And he's ready, so ready. Notice this. He's so ready to give you grace, forgiveness mercy to help in time of need let's go ahead and pray Lord Heavenly Father we thank you Jesus we thank you Lord because there are some of us here that need that help that right now is our time of need it is our time of need Lord we need to come to the throne of grace so that you can be exalted in our lives. Lord, to be exalted in your church, Lord. Be exalted, Lord, in the hearts of the people that are here, Lord. Lord, remind us that exaltation doesn't happen first without submission. And if you're here today and you need to come to the throne of grace. You want to go back to the place of communion. You want to go back to the place of fellowship. You want to go back to the place of prayer. Back to where you're waiting on the Lord. Then the blessed place to sit still 
to stand still and to be still is at that very throne, the holy throne, the throne of grace. Where you let it go and you give it to God. Where you surrender, where you take your hands off and you say, Lord, I'm giving this back over to you. And the Lord is saying, be still, know I'm God and I'll be exalted among the nations. I'm in control, I'm in charge. You're not in control. Some of us need to give the control back over to the Lord. If you're here right now and you, need, you want prayer, you want to give the control of your life back to the Lord, just raise your hand right now because I want to pray for you. I want to ask that the Lord, I see your hand. You know what, we're going to sing this song. As we sing this song, if you want to come to that place to say, I'm going to go to the throne of grace, just stand on your feet and come forward. Come forward over here because we're going to pray right now. We're going to sing this song. And those of you that raised your hand that I saw you, just stand to your feet. And come up because God wants to do a work in your life. God wants to be exalted in your life. Amen. And as they come up, let's go to praise the Lord and encourage people because God wants to do a work.